This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. It's time for Right Spot with Dunedin UNESCO's City of Literature. Yeah, every couple of weeks on the Awesome Morning Show, we take a pause and uh, figure out a way to celebrate our status as UNESCO City of Literature. Why not? So much going on in the literary scene. Uh, we thought this morning that we would take some time to speak with uh, one of our very good friends. And of course, you'll be very familiar with Vanda Simon, a local writer, specialist in crime fiction, and host of Right Spot. And uh, sorry, yeah, I'll get there right. We're on the right spot right now. <laughs> it's uh, it's another show here on RFM. Vanda Simon, nice to have you with us. Thanks for coming and making yourself available for 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 a discussion about what you're up to for a change, rather than um, bringing you in to talk about other people's work. What about talking about Vanda's work? Um, nice to have you with us. Nice to be inside your bubble, Vanda. Thank you, Ora Jeff, and thank you. And yes, right on. Right on. My radio show. <laughs> There we go. Look, if you will confuse me, forgive me for being a little confused this morning. There's a lot going on, as you can understand. Um, right on. Well, let's talk about Right On for a start, because that's been a long-standing program here on OFM, and uh, you stand up and uh, present that uh, on behalf of the Otago Southern Branch of the New Zealand Society of Authors. Um, it's been a neat show. You've speaking, spoken to some amazing writers and other creatives over the course of that program. Been great, um, and been going for over I think fifteen years now, which just astonishes me because I'm, I'm, I'm that went past in a blink. Um, but one of the lovely things about the Write On Radio Show is that opportunities to really showcase our local writers in Dunedin, and we have so many. There's an utter wealth of creatives and wonderful writers here, and not just the writers, but you know illustrators and people involved in the whole book publishing industry. So I've had some fantastic um, local guests on, and, and occasionally I get to you know snaffle an international superstar when they've been in Dunedin, which has been fun. So I've chatted with like the likes of uh, Ian Rankin and Val McDermott on the show, and um, Diana. Gabaldon and you know, a number of people and it's really fun I mean I do have to say that it's one of the best things is I just really enjoy chatting to these uh, local writers Vanda you will have um, had your finger on the pulse of the, the local literary scene all that time but, um, and included over that period has been uh, this this change to the city's status you know now this status as a UNESCO city of literature from someone who's you know working within that that uh, creative sector what has that meant and what have you observed about the impacts of that I think it's incredible for Dunedin to have gained this so um, I had the pleasure of being at the very very first meeting to discuss the whole idea of pitching for the UNESCO City of Literature. In fact, I took my mum along to that to that meeting. So it's been fantastic seeing from that very early stage with you know a few passionate people driving this to getting the whole proposal together and the immense amount of work involved in that to being awarded a UNESCO City of Literature and to um, you know hiring staff and getting the fabulous Nikki on board and then seeing how that then just draws all these wonderful elements of literature and writing and, and that the city already had and making it visible, making it out there and then establishing those cool connections. So, um, you know, for example, um, the connections between Prague and Dunedin and having you know, local writers going to Prague, for example, David Howard doing residency over there and in some of the um, 
the ones where they are being physically able to go and some of the virtual residencies. So I think it's been an immense value to the city and it also makes us intriguing for other people who are travelling. Um, you know, it's probably a wee bit of tourism that people visit Dunedin specifically because it is a city of literature. So I think we are very blessed to hold that status. But I think, you know, we absolutely deserve it. Uh, we've had such... Uh, a history and wealth of literature and talent and put, um, you know, from the beginning of the city, from the outset of the establishment of Dunedin as a city. So, no, it's a fabulous initiative. It does, of course, um, put us out there on the world stage in some ways. I mean, many writers, of course, already in that space. So you yourself have had um, the UK release of, of a number of your books and you're working, I understand, at the moment on... Um, a negotiation with the UK publisher about the next Sam Shepard book. Yes, so um, I have uh, I am published in the UK by a wonderful little independent book um, publisher called Arenda Books, which is run by Karen Sullivan, who's a little pocket dynamo and so passionate about her authors, and she has quite an international um, stable of authors, really interested in translated fiction, but also fiction with a, a great sense of place, and that's what attracted her to my work, was because it was so clearly Kiwi and New Zealand books. So I've had the um, four existing Sam Shepard books uh, published in the UK. In fact, Karen said those wonderful words to a writer, which was, can you edit them and just make them more Kiwi, make them more New Zealand, which was amazing because most of the time you have people just saying oh just tone that back tone that back a wee bit but no Karen wanted more Kiwi in there um, so and I'm currently uh, working on edits for The Faceless which is a standalone um, crime fiction psychological thriller that I wrote and got that due in on Sunday so busy week for me and yes then working on the new Sam Shepard novel that um, Arenda Books will be publishing hopefully within the next um, year or two. Really interesting that you've been getting that feedback um, uh, that the readers overseas in the UK are particularly interested in the New Zealand con content because that's not necessarily always been the expectation. You mentioned you know, that sometimes um, a writer is asked to perhaps make it a little less specific and a bit more generic so that you're potentially um, not moving people into a space that they're not particularly comfortable with in a cultural kind of setting. What do you, what do you put um, that uh, hunger for uh, the content, particularly in your books, down to? I think no, as a reader, I know I love reading fiction that is clearly set in its place. Um, you know, for example, if you look at the how Scandinavian crime fiction had an uh, immense resurgence in interest, and part of that was because it was set in that place, not physically from the um, physical environment, but also you know, politically, um, culturally, socially, and you know, I find that element of any fiction utterly, utterly fascinating. So uh, I think perhaps um, publishers are realising that this, this is what readers want. They don't want something homogenous that can be just sort of set anywhere. There is, of course, a place for that, absolutely. Um, people, Some people do want that, but you've also got this vast readership out there who, who want to learn about a place. They want to learn about what makes the people tick there, you know, whether it's their, their history, their socioeconomic history, their political history, that, like I said, that 
physical environment that they have. And it just adds such intense texture to books. And also it informs the behaviour of the characters in the book. You know, why are they behaving that way? Um, you know, why are they reacting in that way? So that whole element is, adds a great dimension to your reading. Vanda, I'm interested to know, here we find ourselves back in our bubbles again, and let's, you know, fingers crossed, let's hope this is just for a short time. But um, one might imagine that for a writer, the kind of bubble environment might be the perfect one. Uh, I imagine there's a lot of other things to deal with in your life. But what is your, what is your optimum writing setting? Um. It's an interesting question, really, because writers, you know, you really do have to be able to concentrate, and part of that is actually the mental clutter more than anything. So for me, an ideal writing setting is where I don't have the mental clutter going on. So, you know, I can work quite happily from home, from the dining room table, or from a room, or I can work in a a cafe. Um, It's just having somewhere quiet um, for me, um, I like peace and quiet. I'm not one of these people who can play music while I write or anything like that. So for me, um, you know, coming into this lockdown period again, um, having to work from home for my day job, um, but also um, you know, having that um, space to, not having to worry about going out of the house. Um, the main thing I need to make sure that I've done is fed my bread, baked, sourdough bread again um, so yeah it's for me personally it's more about men- having a clear mental and headspace more so than the physical environment You mentioned um, the day job and here is the reality of course for most writers um, that uh, there is a need to uh, nourish um, the body and soul in different ways tell us about your day job Um. I absolutely love my day job. I feel blessed to uh, work at the um, Tago University at the Vaaotautai Centre for Pacific Health, um, which, is, which is a centre under the um, Health Sciences Division at the university uh, that looks after supporting health science students. We look into um, research into the Pacific um, communities and health as well. Um, and... I'm a um, health services researcher, so um, and I'm working on a, a couple of studies at the moment. Um, the one that I'm enjoying that we've just recently started is looking at, um, in Pacifica families, I'm looking at lived experience of access to medicines. So it's following our families for a, a year to, to get their stories and you know, have that time to build a relationship with them and find out how they actually access medicines. And I've also um, been working on a project that looks at Pacifica families and their experiences um, with loved ones with dementia. How interesting. I mean, and I presume this is very far removed from where your brain is at when you're writing your crime novels, or is there some crossover? <laughs> Pretty far removed, <laughs> to, to be honest. Um, yes, my, my novels might um, disappear into a different a different world. But then again, though, as, as a writer, um, you... Take the richness of your experience in the world, whether that's your working world, your social world, plumbing the depths of your family, <laughs> and all these elements all, all colour and inform, inform your writing in some way. Um, but you know, as I said earlier, I just I do again feel very fortunate to have um, 
a wonderful, supportive working environment um, for my for my job, and and then to be able to, um, on top of that, have this other world, this fictional fantasy world that I can can, can fall into, and and all the incredible people that I've met through that. Sam Shepard has played um, such a significant role in your success and there is obviously this appetite for continued stories around Sam's work. Is is that a double-edged sword in some ways? Do you find that um, the expectation and the desire to hear more of that story and those storylines um, puts some any constraints around you know what you might write about or is that a is that a good thing to have that kind of focus oh jeff i've got naggy people <laughs> i have readers saying when's the next sam shepherd novel coming out which was absolutely lovely actually um but you know again there uh, there is that pressure there um you know the reality is in the writing world that you know you have contracts you have expectations you have deadlines um at, but Creativity is not something that you can um, turn on like a tap sometimes. So, you know, you have to find that fine line between just being disciplined and sitting your butt down and getting the writing done, but also allowing that creativity to go where it needs to go. Um, One of the lovely things about having an established character is that um, she's kind of like my friend, even though I do horrible, horrible things to her and put her in dreadful situations. But it's, um, you know, Watching and developing her and seeing how she evolves and where she can go. And, and the readers enjoy that evolution as well. So, um, yes, there is pressure to write more, but in some ways it's also slightly liberating because you're getting to explore things that you would not normally do in your life. Now, let's just imagine um, that there might be someone out there who hasn't read one of these novels. <laughs> Fanda? <laughs> Um, you know, I'm interested to know, you know, from your perspective, if someone was to be introduced to your writing here, do you like the idea that they would pick up this character and these stories right from the start? Or are you very happy with the idea that someone just picks up the latest one and runs with it? I'm just delighted anyone who's not a family member picks up <laughs> my books and reads them. Um, I, um, they are all completely standalone novels in their own right but I know as a reader I like to start at the beginning of a series and work my way through and part of that is, is the character development because you know fictional characters are, are like, like us in the real world and that everything that um, happens to us you know, affects us in some way uh, so the events that happen in Overkill which is the first novel in the Sam Shepard series you know, they definitely colour how she acts and the changes to a different um, city even in The Ringmaster the second one so um, now I, I, if people ask me I always advise them to start with the first one but like I said you can, you can pick up any one of them and they're um, a, a complete little unit in their own right does the writing of these novels change you? Obviously, you've got to do a good deal of research around you know, some of the procedural aspects, forensic aspects, and so forth. Um, can go into some pretty dark places too, I imagine. Does you know? Does the process of writing these novels, you know, shift you as a person? 
I had the most immense life change because of writing these novels. So when I first started writing, um, I thought, you know, I wanted to do research into the forensic side of things. So I did the Otago University Summer School in um, Forensic Biology, thinking, you know, this will be a great overview um, about forensics and I absolutely, absolutely loved it. Um, also, um, George Keezer, who was in charge of the course at the time, um, who's unfortunately since then passed away, he was a very persuasive man and he said, Santa, you should come and do some more postgraduate work. And so I did a postgraduate certificate in pharmacy research because pharmacy is my undergraduate degree and then he got even more persuasive and said why don't you do a PhD and so I ended up doing a, a PhD which is then what has led into this um, wonderful day job that I have now at the Vale Tosai so and that was all just from you know innocently thinking oh I'll just do a little bit of research for the novel so yeah that was most life-changing well, it's so interesting to hear about how all these threads intertwine. Uh, it's been great talking with you, Vanda, um, host of Right On here on ORFM. Uh, and you got it right. <laughs> wonderful crime writer. Thank you for joining us on Right Spot, uh, our yeah. celebration of Dunedin UNESCO City of Literature. Uh, what's up for you for the next uh, few days? As lockdown, obviously, it has an impact on your ability to do your day job. Are you Zooming like everybody else? Uh, yes, we've got the um, Zoom meetings, and, and there's always um, that's the wonderful thing about research type work. There's always background reading and things that you can be doing and uh, interacting with people. And um, yeah, it's also working towards my Sunday deadline for the edits for the facelift. Well, good luck with that. Where can people find Vanda Simon online? Um, well, I have a website, vandasimon.com, um, also on Facebook as Vanda Simon and um, Twitter, all well, the, the usual lovely social media things, um, and books are available um, in, like, for example, the University Bookshop, who's a fabulous sponsor for my Write On Radio show, Atatago Access Radio, and also the Dunedin Public Libraries, which are awesome because I love libraries. Wonderful stuff. Fanda, lovely to talk with you. Go well. Um, look forward to catching up again soon. Thanks so much, Jeff. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.